0: I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. All right. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. We've got a walk-in already, a cup of coffee, some breakfast. We are looking forward to this conversation and lunch on the horizon afterwards, right? So (laughs)
1: good. And hey, guys, if you're listening, thanks so much for tuning in, subscribing, Mm -hmm. rating, reviewing this podcast. That helps us reach more leaders with the message of young adults today, which Mm -hmm. like Micah said, right off the top is all about reaching young adults in the next generation in our world. Today, we launch a new episode of this podcast every Monday morning, something to look forward to and hopefully help you uh, start your week off strong and right and be encouraged in your faith. And today here we go we're gonna have some fun right babe
0: we are gonna have some fun we are already in season seven episode three so we have a fun guest behind the scenes today and Josiah is gonna give us a glimpse in who that person is wow
1: well we'll introduce him in just a moment but we're joined today by Reggie Hill how are you my friend
2: I am awesome man so thankful to be with you guys and just just the the chemistry that you guys have just watching this I'm like man I love that. I just want to keep <laughs> listening to the pocket. You guys just keep talking, like.
1: It's fine. Well, it's going to be a conversation that you're involved with, and it'll be like a tennis match or you ping pong there back and go. forth. We but go. we'll talk and we'll listen and. Um, hopefully keep the listener on their toes as well, right?
0: Right. We always want to do that.
1: But Reggie Hill is a young adult pastor at an amazing church in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is Journey Church, multi-site church, um, a church that's been nothing but a blessing in Mike and I's life, Mm -hmm. in our marriage, in our family, in our ministry, and really just in the kingdom of God. I know that um, your leadership from the top on down believes in the next generation, mm-hmm. invests, and so we just honor you, honor your leadership, and honor your church today. Yeah. But Reggie, so glad to have you join us. Can you maybe kick things off just by helping us get to know you better and our listener to Share some of your story, your life, yeah. Yeah, your yeah, leadership yeah. with us today.
2: Yeah. So, uh, first born and raised in you know Metro Detroit area. Um, so grew up there, love, you know, the Lions and hate the Packers. And now I'm in Wisconsin. And so, you know, we have that. We probably have that in common. You guys are Vikings fans. I'm taking it. So, you I'm know, a,
1: I'm definitely a diehard Vikings fan in all Minnesota sports. And Mike, you can pray for her because. Oh, no.
2: well, oh, hey, no. we're from North
0: Dakota over here. So we didn't have a team. So it was the Packers.
2: Don't. Don't. You skid I know. right over Minnesota. I know. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, if they could pull out a win back in when I was in third grade. Maybe I would have picked a better team. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: all I can say is the Midwest, the Central Division. There's, we'll just, There's we got to go. change the topic, please, Reggie. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. So I grew up in Detroit. I grew up in, in, in all those things and uh, loved Detroit sports. Um, and then uh, was in Minnesota actually for about a year. That's where me and you first connected, Josiah. Uh, I was at a great church there. Um, in Minnesota for about a year and then came back to Michigan um, and was at church uh, in Grand Rapids for about six years um, almost six years in the Grand Rapids first and great pastor Sam Rife Kogel there and got to serve in youth and young adults there and then now have been at Journey Church in Kenosha Wisconsin where people are like where in the world is that um, uh, but I moved here in a crazy season actually it wow. was right right? Uh, I moved here six days after the Jacob Blake uh, incident and the Jacob Blake shooting. And so I actually moved here in the middle of like a city lockdown, right? We had curfew at nine o'clock. Like everybody had to be, I'm like moving, I'm getting like my moving trucks pulling in, I'm getting my keys to my apartment. And like the city is like unlike so I, like my first week in the office like we're doing revival uh services downtown and baptizing people and I'm like I don't even know where my office is yet like like we're just we're just going crazy and it was just uh, unbelievable moments of uh of a crazy breakthrough that happened but that was like my first context of being in Kenosha and uh I remember moving I was getting ready to move and I had everything locked in and, you know, the Jacob Blake things happen literally like I wake up, I'm taking some time. I was visiting my parents in the Detroit area. And uh, I wake up to like some texts like, hey, are you already moved to Kenosha? And I was like, no, what, why? And then I get a Twitter post of what happened. And I was like, oh, and my grandma's like, now nah, baby. you you sure you want to go out there now? Like, I was like, I I think we'll be okay. Grandma. Like, this is where God has me already signed the lease. So I got to go at least, you know, get my, get my deposit, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so moved here um, in the midst of all of that craziness and just God did some crazy things in the city and, and really was like riots to revival kind of moments and people were getting baptized right there where, you know, riots were happening one night, the next, the next night, prayer and baptisms and Mm -hmm. salvations are happening right there downtown so it's really cool to see uh, all of those things unfold and and uh so yeah i've been here six months now and uh getting ready and rolling with young adults and, and all the things incorporated with with just jumping into a new church and a new community and all that in the midst of you know a pandemic
0: No kidding. Well, we know that we serve a God that turns those bitter moments into a sweet aroma back offered back up to Him. You know, so even in the midst of chaos around us, like we can still serve Christ through it all. So it's so fun to see that you landed where you did, and you stayed, and you said yes, and God is using. And we just want to kick off with some um, awareness, bringing forth the awareness that we all, as young adult pastors ministry leaders have an amazing opportunity to grasp and to reach out to the hearts of young adults. And we know that you've stepped into a role of taking over an existing ministry. So many of our listeners are taking over an existing ministry, wanting to strengthen it, wanting to cast vision, wanting to look at the leadership that is currently there, and maybe rise up some leaders Mm -hmm. that they know of. And just all those different tensions that you step into taking over a ministry of who are my volunteers? Who's the core? How do I cast a vision? How have things ran and functioned prior to sure. my arrival? Totally. And so yeah. we would just love to hear so many of our listeners are in that similar boat. What yeah. is it like taking over an existing young adult ministry at the church you're at? And what would you say to encourage the people who may be in a similar season?
2: Yeah, I, I would just say, first of all, it was an absolute honor uh, to step into a ministry like journey, you know, as we, um, not just have the young adults campus at our Kenosha campus, but uh, Beach Park and our other campuses at Beach Park and at Burlington and even over in Lithuania, right? Like we've got campuses. So like even the multi-site idea is kind of new to me, uh, stepping into something like that and what that looks like culturally speaking. But uh, specifically for our Kenosha campus, like it was just such a blessing to step into something. And then, you know, the ministry, I call it the ministry arc that like Matt, uh, I know who you guys know who was a built an amazing ministry here uh and and i know he's in minnesota with you guys doing some amazing work adventure now and uh but he built an incredible incredible team of young adults um that were passionate about you know all things young adults and seeing something take off here they really were ready to see something take off and i kind of came in to a team that just hey like we need a bus driver right we need somebody to drive this bus we need somebody to really like step in and, and give us some vision right like Proverbs 29 18 where there is no vision of people perish and I think mm-hmm. that's some of like the the team was like all right we're ready now we're ready and uh to the leader I just want to say to the leader that's stepping into somewhere um it's a it's an incredible opportunity to step in somewhere um I, I often take the the mode of like hey I'm not gonna like rip anything down before I know why it was built right there's this idea mm-hmm. if you guys have ever heard of like Um, My pastor in a former church used to say, like, if you ever come up on a fence and there's a turtle on the fence post, don't just take the turtle off. Ask the question, how did it get there? Right. Because obviously somebody put the turtle up there for a reason. The turtle couldn't have got there up on its own. And so before we take anything down, before we tear down a wall, ask yourself the question, why was it built? Before we tear down a fence, ask why it was built. Before we tear down ministries and rip things off and try to just do because we know what we do and what, what we've done at former places, ask yourself why, well, why was it like this in the first place? And many times the reason can be, you know, the old adage is like, well, this is just always how we've done things. Okay. Well then let's, if we don't know the reason why we do things, but sometimes we walk into ministries and there's a reason that we do certain things. There's a reason why we step into things. I remember stepping into a youth ministry actually in Minnesota and there was something uh, they did. And I had, I had no concept of it. It was like uh, they played this music jam and it was like a two minute, like, just party session, right? And the, the every week it was the same song and the students looked forward to it. And I came and I was like, what is this? Like, why are we doing this? But I had the where was all, and you know, just, it was Jesus and probably some really good mentors in my life that just said, hey, well, like, let's see it out for a season. Like before yeah. I just come in and say, hey, we're not doing that anymore. Like, I remember we did it actually one week. I said, hey, we're not gonna do that this week. And I had several students and leaders like, hey, why didn't we do that? Why didn't we do that? Oh, it was the interlude. Why didn't we do the interlude? I was like, oh, that weird thing that people were like jumping up and down and dancing. And they were like, yes, we love, I was like, okay, like, hey, learn my lesson. Like, <laughs> don't, it was back the next week, right? So ask yourself the question before we come in and tear things down, before we try to build up our own little, like ask yourself, like, what are the parts that are here? And why are they here? And then what can we do with it? I think. Um, I often, I'm a sports guy. I told you guys in the front, uh, I used to coach football and coach basketball, things like that. So like, I often ask the question, like when great coaches come into a team, um, especially in like football, right? The coaches are always changing. I find the best coaches don't try to make the the system or the players that are there work for their system. Trust me, I'm a Detroit sports fan. Okay. We have a new coach every 16 months, right? Like we, we never have the right coach. Right. And so, but the best coaches look at the players wow. and say what system will work best for the players that are here. And we're going to run that system. Right. And instead, most coaches come in and say, this is my system. This is how I do it. And then I'm just, if you don't fit the system, then I'm going to get out, get you out of here. Right.
0: That's great to look at it like that.
2: And it's, it's really, it's really about like, Hey, what are the pieces that were here? Because God placed these people here. Right. This isn't, this isn't a sports team. Like this isn't a, where we can just, they can just go across the country. Like these are people that we're serving that were, that are planted here, that are rooted here. We come in as a coach, as a minister and say, okay, what are the pieces that are here? And what can we build that? What did my leader want me to build? And then ultimately like, what can we build with the pieces that are currently here?
1: That is simply wisdom right there. I think for every pastor leader, yeah. for everyone to take note on what you just said um, is really vital, really key to look at why were things mm-hmm. done the way they've done. And that's a great question to ask whether you end up keeping them. Cause mm-hmm. some, yeah. things, some things we should keep and then other mm-hmm. things they need to change. Right. And they were just doing things the way they've always been done. But asking that question provides such a degree of intentionality that I think we all need right. and we can alienate people or we can right. honor people simply yeah. by doing what you said. And I think that one of the things that I think that also we can all pick up from what you just said is giving young adults a voice. Mm. within a church. They have a voice when they lead their nonprofits, right? They have a voice when they go to work and Mm -hmm. to ask them. Um, I think that whether or not we go with every decision or every interest that they have, I think people need to be heard. Mm -hmm. It's a legitimate need that they have. And to, we honor them when we give them a voice Mm -hmm. as a next generation. And I heard Kerry Newhoff, he actually tweeted this. He said, When we have conversations about the next generation, let's be sure to include the next generation in those conversations. So good. And um, that leads into something that's a passion point for me. Mm -hmm. I know it's a passion point for Micah as well and for you and probably the person listening. And that's this, Mm -hmm. that churches have a massive opportunity to reach the next generation. Mm -hmm young adults ages 18 to 30, we're seeing a rise coming out of the pandemic in churches starting new young adult ministries across the board, across the state of Minnesota, across the country, across the Midwest. We're seeing a lot of churches also have leadership transitions where maybe somebody comes in Mm -hmm. and takes over or gets moved out. But why do you believe, Reggie, that young adult ministry is important and matters?
2: Yeah, I mean, I call this, this time in our lives, the 18 to 30, kind of like the great transition, right? That's what I I label. It's the great transition between uh, we're we're not, you know, we've got more resources than probably like high schoolers and junior hires, but we have more time than we will ever have in the future, right? You get a family, you get kids and those things come into the picture. Um, some of us that is in that same 18 to 30 range. But for some of us, I'm 30, still single, you know, working on that, you know, but um, but there's there's a time where it's like, hey, we have more time now than ever. So how can we take these years and offer to offer them to God as a, as a resource. I mean, if you're a leader listening to this right now and you don't have a young adults ministry, or maybe you're a pastor that listens to this and you're saying like, why? Like there can be unbelievable momentum in your church. And we're seeing this in the pandemic. Young adults were the first ones to get zoom calls going to get online church going. It wasn't, it wasn't the 50, 60 year old. It was the the millennial that was saying, okay, pastor, Hey, we can get on zoom. We can, we can push our services online. I, we can set something, we can make this happen. And if you, give listen where there is no vision the people perish Mm -hmm. young adults won't follow without a focus Mm -hmm. give them a focus if you give them where we're going what's the vision what's the why we have something i love here in our in our church context we could people won't buy in until they weigh in right it's this idea of like sharing the last five percent and and we now we all get to share that five percent right like top down right we but we all have a voice at the table and so young adults are ready. Like they have Mm -hmm. more uh, passion, more fire, more focus, and more resources to make things happen. But the question is, do we have vision for what they're going to do? Wow. Like, I think when I stepped in, the the most beautiful thing, when I stepped into my position here, my pastor gave me three things. He said, this is what I want our young adults to do. I want them to, I want you to be on the local college campuses. I want you to, build up a connection with the college campuses to develop a leadership pipeline i want to develop leaders i want us to (laughs) disciple leaders that can serve among our church that can serve that can be raised up in our church that could potentially be hired within our church organization right and then thirdly i want i want young adults to to understand a heart of a servolution which is like serving we want we have a goal and a dream that 75% of young adults in our young adult ministry would be serving outside of our, our ministry. So, so yeah. what does that look like? That looks like serving kids ministry, serving youth ministry, not making all the old people be greeters, but like, hey, have, how about let's let's greet, let's be an usher, like let's, whatever we have to do, like let's get those things moving. We can run the store, we can run an iPad better than someone that's 55, right? Like, and not to say that they can't do those things, but mm-hmm. like w- w- our time is now, we have more time than we ever will have well, we've had in the past when we had, you know, nine hours of school every day and sports and things like that. And we have more time than we ever will in the future because we don't have a kid. We don't have three kids and a mortgage and, and a house note. And, and all the things that come with, with taking care of family first. And so mm-hmm. we have this time in our season. I think of my dad, uh, my dad got saved like late in life. He got saved like in his, in his mid thirties. And my dad, when he got saved, he like, was opening and closing the building. He was over the youth ministry, he was uh, uh, helping the ushers. He was he was helping as a deacon. he was counting the offering every Sunday. like he was doing it all. Why? Because he had the time. Because he had the time and he realized like there's gonna be a season when I have a wife, I have kids, and they're gonna be my priority. but right now I don't have those things. And so we have to get over this like this millennial mindset of like, my time is my time. Right, and it's like, what are what can I do with this time to give it back to God? Right. So, so I think that's why it's so important to say, like, hey, if you can leverage the resources and the focus and the passion of your young adults at your church, they're going be there can be unbelievable momentum that happens in your in your campuses and in your churches
0: absolutely reggie i love that you say that and when i was a student at business school back in north dakota at a university something that i learned that i still remember now and it's just who what when where why and how like Mm -hmm. questions to ask yourself in a business mindset in entrepreneurial in ministry maybe a personal reflection time like who do i want to be how do i get there why did like why you know and you're asking all these questions And we know like when you're leading a ministry, when you don't have vision that people perish wow. and to hone in on what your mission statement is, what is our vision? Who do we reach? How do we reach them? What do we need to do to get them through the doors or make ourselves uncomfortable to get out on the streets? You know? And- yeah, definitely. I just love everything you just ha- had just shared and said to us and our audience today. And one of the things that we're seeing many people maybe come against, I've not experienced this, but I've had many friends who are in this role who maybe started out in youth ministry and now they feel t- feel called to young adult ministry or that position mm. of young adult ministry has been offered to them.
1: Right.
0: And how... How, in your experience, have you managed this tension of transition out of youth ministry and into leading a young adult ministry without making it feel like youth 2.0? Yeah,
2: yeah. Right? You
0: have the 18-year-old be like, where's dodgeball? And the 30-year-old be like, where's the <laughs> coffee? You know,
2: like, exactly. how do you
0: manage that tension or that transition of not making it feel like yeah like youth 2.0 to put it bluntly i guess
2: <laughs> yeah no 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 it's it's a very real it's a very real thing and i think um i think some of the principles stay the same that we've done from youth to young adults but also the focus is different so like for us in our context we do a monthly gathering we don't do a weekly gathering so the, just there then and there it creates this different kind of um it creates a different pace i will say i think that was the greatest transition for me was you know like Wednesday is always coming in youth ministry, mm-hmm. right? If you're a Wednesday night, if you're a youth pastor, usually your service, on Wednesday night is always coming. Whereas in young adults, like we've got, I've got five weeks. I've got a you know four weeks before our next gathering. What does that mean though? That every one of our gatherings have to be home runs. And- so for me, it's like, we don't, we don't just focus on Sunday, the week of. No, I'm already planning out the fall. We just had a three hour planning meeting for what this season is gonna look like coming into the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Like so we we are intentional, we are much more intentional. Not to say that youth passes aren't as intentional, but I think we we don't get the opportunity to miss, right? We don't get the opportunity to be like, oh man, you know what? We didn't really market that well or we didn't really let people know what was going on because we may not see people for two months now. And so at our, at our large group gathering. So we have a different context. So the pace for one is different. And then two, in youth ministry, uh, one of the things we do um, is I, I always have said like, Hey, we need to market to high schoolers and attract junior hires. Right. Like if you, if you age up, right. Like if I market to middle schoolers, our youth ministry, then like high schoolers they going be like, I don't want to come. Like all they do is drink weird milkshakes. Like, you know, but like if we, But if we market to high schoolers, middle schoolers look up and say, that's who I want to be. Yeah, they rise
1: up. Yeah. They
2: rise up, right? And so for the 18-year-old that's coming to our young adults ministry, hey, yeah, we're not going to do like silly games every week. We may do some. Like last month we did Family Feud and it was super fun and it was awesome and it was great. But like sometimes, hey, worship may be 45 minutes and we're going to have coffee in the lobby. We're not going to have nine square, right? Like there's just... It's a different vibe. It's a different setting. We're not going to have like bumping, bumping music and like lights going everywhere. No, we're going to have like chill, like uh, I call it like lo-fi beats, right? We're going to have coffee shop vibes, right? Because that's where young adults are. So we want like the lobby's going to feel different. The lobby's going to feel tall. We're going to have, we're not going to have a bunch of boots everywhere. We have tall. So it's like, again, going back to Micah, we talked about this off air aesthetics, right? Right. The vibe, the feel is different. And so when they walk, when 18-year-olds walk in, it feels like an older crowd is there, right? And so they rise up and say, okay, yeah, let me, let me go get a hot chocolate. I don't really like coffee yet, but I'll get a hot chocolate. And uh, so that, that's where we do it. And then honestly, it's, it's coming back to the vision, right? I think mm-hmm. for, for young adults, we have a specific vision. It's not to create another sub-ministry. It's to, to empower young adults to be in the local church, right? To yeah. go to the big church, right? Yeah. You call it youth ministry. Hey, like we're gonna be in big church on Sunday. You're like sit with us in big but like no, like y'all are big church now. Yeah. And y- it's time for you to not just show up to church, but be the church. And so that that's where for us, like we want uh our young adults ministry to make sure that like, hey, this isn't youth group, right? I'm not gonna baby, you. I'm not gonna call your mom. Your mom's not gonna call me. Like if not anyway you never know (laughs) you'd be surprised you'd be surprised i get calls like hey uh your your 18 year old your 20 year old can call me uh i'll reach out and i'll 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 pass on them and i'll love on them but i'm not gonna chase down you know 20 year olds to make sure that they're you know fall in love with jesus i'm gonna mentor and disciple the people that are here Uh, that that's your job as a parent to make sure your kids (laughs) so i'm gonna push and motivate and encourage the young adults that i have uh, to 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 reach more young adults. So, so good,
1: Reggie. That's amazing. I like that. I think in every question or aspect of this conversation so far, the word vision mm-hmm. has come up. And something that your leadership did really well um, that I picked up on and observed is they outlined what's the vision of Journey Church. I believe, yes. by the way, that the lead pastor or the senior pastor of a church, they're um, the the bearer of the, exactly. the the vision, Ultimate you know like vision. like yes. they, they cast the vision. Um, or really they determine the vision and then as support staff or as different departments, Mm -hmm. we extend that vision. We can carry that vision. We can cast it too, but they Mm -hmm. really get that vision from God and Mm -hmm. they are responsible for communicating and coming up with the vision. And then we're extensions of that, Mm -hmm. but something that journey church leadership did really well for you that I think um, will serve you well. It set you up for success off the start is they outlined what their expectations were and we're Good. not, and that's so rare. And I think for the pastors listening, um, I talk with a lot of young adult ministry leaders who uh, feel like they're struggling
2: mm. and they
1: feel like they're floundering, actually. And it's because of this, it's like they ask, What's the vision? And what, what, what do you, what's your vision for young adults? What are we and,
0: aiming yes, at? What's for? the target?
1: <laughs> and, and you said it best, Reggie, to quote Proverbs of without the vision, the people perish, and sometimes those people. Are our volunteers mm-hmm. they're the young adults or maybe they're even the staff yeah. and so um if you're listening and somebody asks you what the vision is please don't be offended right. be honored Be honored in the fact that we want to carry that vision well and Mm -hmm. represent and extend that vision well. But the more clarity there is around Mm. and expectation, man, if I can ask you on behalf of young adult ministry leaders to cast that well, to communicate that well, um, Mm -hmm. it it can probably not be over communicated or overcasted. And and then the other thing, Reggie, that you touched on is this idea of the word chill. Yeah, I want to talk more about chill because one of our dear, dear friends, um, Steph McDonald, when we were on staff at Cedar Valley, she yeah, love staff. She's right? amazing.
2: Amazing. Uh,
1: and Steph would come and lead many times for the young adult ministry, or she's done fall retreat now for Chi Alpha, or, you know, working with us for the weekend, different things, a young adult conference. And one of the things that she told me, I was like, how was your experience or what was that like for you? Um, and she just said the interesting thing about young adults that she's realized when you are a worship leader or a communicator or a pastor <laughs> what you don't need to do is entertain them yeah there's a hunger mm-hmm. there's just a genuine authenticity mm-hmm. that comes from them that you don't need to entertain them the no. vibes can be a lot more chill mm-hmm. and the thing is, yeah,
2: is so good
1: i think the reason behind that is they can rise up and they don't need to be entertained mm-hmm. they mm. they're drawn not to the hype but to the hunger
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah like reggie would either of you want to wait yeah that? do you have thoughts on that
2: i would just say yeah for one like i've always um the thing that attracted me to young adult ministry was that the folks that are there want to be there wow Like nobody's making, like you're an 18 to 30 year old. Nobody's making a 26 year old go to church. Trust me.
0: drove yourself, right?
2: (laughs) You drove yourself. You got an Uber, like, or you paid to go to, like, like like if you're there, it's because you want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think the beauty in that is like, Hey, like you said, it. we don't have to entertain them. We just have to educate them and encourage them Mm -hmm. and empower them. Right? Like we have to tell them like, who Jesus is. I think uh the scary thing, you know, of our generation now is that we've got TikTok pastors and YouTube pastors and it's great. Like they were pushing the gospel, but it's like, do they actually know what, how to like exegete scripture properly? And like,
1: yeah, that's would- where
2: they're, and like our young adults are listening to these people and we don't know, I don't know if they went to seminary somewhere, or if they just right. picked up a Bible last week and started just dis- 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 discerning what they feel like, like the scripture says, like, that's dangerous, right? And so we're here as, as young adult leaders, to, like as young adults pastors to educate, to encourage and to empower. Like mm-hmm. we want young adults to know like why they do what they do. But the thing I love, like you said, like coming back to it is like, they wanna be there. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be there. They could do anything on a Sunday night. Or in my last context, we had a, a young adult service every Thursday. And they wanted to be there. Like some yeah. of them had work in the morning, but they were there till eleven o'clock at night, hanging out. We we had a huge like volleyball culture, so playing volleyball like that. It, we got intense ping pong things like that. If they want to be there, they're gonna be there. And and uh, just like high schoolers as they get driver's license, right? Like you see the strength of your youth your youth ministry at really that junior year. Like if you have a strong junior senior class, you know, like our youth ministry is really strong because kids don't have to come because they got driver's license. Mm-hmm. They've got jobs, they've got sports, they've got excuses. Right. But yet they're still here. Um, it's the same in young adult ministry. Like if they're there, it's because they want to be there and we're creating an environment that is welcoming to them.
0: Right. Right. That's I don't so I not you want to add
2: anything to that, Micah. No,
0: I just think that you guys are just nailing it on the head when you say that is people are hungry and they want truth and they want to be loved they want to they want to live out a life they the recognizing coming out of 2020 that they need community True. not only yeah. just want community they need community 100%. on so 100%. many different levels for mental health, emotional health, relational health. I mean,
1: spiritual health, everything
0: that just encompasses. Mm -hmm. And we look at the Bible and it's like, well, what did Jesus do? He did life with 12 disciples. He did life with people. He ate with them. He ministered with them. He traveled with them. Like, so when young adults are going on road trips and camping trips and providing, I think the most fun to hear is young adults getting together outside of an, an event or an organized Mm -hmm. space that the pastors and leaders have provided for them. Yeah. So when they're like, oh, we got out to brunch and it was like, you know, all the girls got together, went out to brunch, you know, and
2: mm-hmm. they
0: become a more like 10 girls go out to lunch and you just see natural organic,
2: organic yeah.
0: friendships taking place. And our biggest thing is like, Lord, I pray for the young adults of any ministry that if they come through our ministry or somebody else's that they would find lifelong friendships, so good. not mm-hmm. seasonal friendships or circumstantial yeah. friendships, but they would truly go deep and wide, obviously with the Lord first and foremost, but then with each other. And we also see so many people meet their future spouse coming out of young adult ministry yeah. Praise God. who are on fire for God, who are living a pure life, who want yeah. to um, not settle along the way. Yep. So, I think as leaders, we have such a, a phenomenal opportunity to get to do life. Like they invite us into their lives. We don't invite mm. ourselves or push away through the doors. We have to earn a right to speak into their life. Mm. Number one, two, the moment we know and remember their name and they see that we care, they're bought in. Yeah. maybe to who we are right away, but then it's to Christ and then it's to the vision. Sometimes it's not always you know the order of which we think it should be like, you need Jesus. No, they need a friend. <laughs> Yeah. you just to let them know, yeah, like, you could I be love realistic. you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, young adults are coming to this context. And for the for the first time, like right when we're in grade school, right, our friends are the kids that we sit next to, right? Yep. And then we get in the, in the high school, middle school, middle school and high school. And maybe our friends are the people we do sports with or athletics with. Or I, I sit next to class. We have three classes together and we have to study together. All of a sudden, we're friends. But now we come into the college context. We come into the work context Mm -hmm. and who, how do I make, how do I make friends? Yep. Wow. Because now my friend's not sitting next to me for eight hours a day. Right now I have to actually go out and, Make friends, <laughs> yeah, like, like okay. Now, I'm my Myers Briggs. I'm 96 percent extroverted, okay? Dude, so, like, I can make me. friends with a plant, okay? Right here, my buddy. I have so, <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, tons of plants. I gotta I got make friends. I live by myself right now, so I got tons of plants. We don't talk or anything like that, but I take care of them. So, but like, we for the first time, I'm extroverted, and yet I've had like, I'm moving here. I'm like, I gotta make friends again, like, mm-hmm. like I. I got to like reach out and invite people over and like do things. And like, who do I vibe with? Who, who, who can I chill with? Like, who can I, who can I just be Reggie with and not pastor Reggie? Like who, what are the, like, how do I do this whole thing? So if I'm dealing with that and I'm 96% extroverted, how can I help? I know our young adults are dealing with that. (laughs) I know in the midst of a pandemic, when people are wearing masks and standing behind shields, I know it's harder to make friends than ever before, mm-hmm. so we have to, as leaders, recognize that and create spaces where people can just say hi to one another. I think we were talking about this as a staff because of this pandemic. We've become socially distant, right? We the idea of like social well, really we, we probably should have called it physically distant because now wow. we're stepping we're stepping into this and we don't know how to socially engage with people anymore because we've been told hey we need to be socially distant right Mm -hmm. and it's really like no we should have just said hey we're going to be physically distant but we're still going to engage socially and emotionally and emotionally (laughs) because now it's like i'm at a coffee shop and i'm getting my coffee and they're like okay here you go you can pick your drink up down there like or you can pay right here like there's no interaction there's no social there's no moment to like how are you doing like what's your name it's like it's so like, I don't want to be like too close to you or offend you or, or get, you know, cough or whatever. Like, and so we're behind the shoot and we both got masks. We both got masks on and we're just like, uh, thank you. Like, and, and we're just, we're trying to get through these interactions so quickly that we miss moments of ministry right. that we can really have moments of, of friendship. And, and I mean, some of the, the closest people I had in my last city worked at a coffee shop that I love going to. And they were like, make my drinks. and be like, Hey, I'm going to test this drink out on Reg because he'll love it. And I'm like, I wow. got free drinks all the time. And, but those were some of my, my greatest friends and people I got to do actually minister to. Um, and it was on the context of not being physically distant, but being socially distant. You know? And so that's what we're, we're struggling. We're having to, as ministry leaders, like figure, balance that out.
1: Yes. And I think that that validates the call of God Is our relationship with Jesus is best described as vertical, Mm -hmm. and our relationship with others that our vertical relationship impacts a ton is our involvement with the horizontal relationships with peers, with friends, Mm -hmm. with family, and um, at the intersection of those two things, I think is where ministry really happens: vertical with God and horizontal with others. And Jesus is at the center of that, and that validates the call of young adult ministry is people are lonelier than ever, more anxious than ever. I read yesterday that 65% of people in our U S population under the age of 35 are still single. Mm. And so this is very important. The role of young adult ministry leaders, campus pastors, college pastors, and anyone involved in Mm -hmm. the next generation, especially as it relates to discipleship and Mm -hmm. evangelism and, I would just say at the same time, the, the dynamic that we've been hitting on and describing is this, that young adults drive themselves. That's different from the, the parents who drive their family to church. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. different than you know, kids or youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, different than family ministry. It's different from any other ministry in that these are truly adults. And that makes it really rewarding because mm-hmm. the yeah. hungry people show up. It also makes it very unique in the concept of challenging. Mm, It's a challenging ministry. It's hard to get things started. It's hard to strengthen a ministry. So I want to validate the call of the listener. And I also want to resonate with the challenges that you are facing. And then the spirit of God has anointed you in your context Mm -hmm. to ask why are things like Reggie said, it was his question, not mine, but why are things the way they are? And we need to do contextualized ministry and the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit has placed you where you are for such a time as this to do Mm -hmm. ministry. And that brings us to one of our favorite segments of the show today, Reggie. Um, It's called final thoughts, five and five, which Mm -hmm. is five rapid fire Questions in yeah. five minutes. Are you up for it?
2: I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I could do final five in three
1: seconds. Okay. Woo! Well, here we go. All right. If you could describe yourself and your soul right now, as we are talking in three words of any language, by the way, what would they be? Mm, any language. Oh, he threw the any language. Okay. <laughs> uh
2: I would say I'm a dreamer. I would say I'm compassionate. And uh I would say I'm kind of funny pretty fun. excellent
1: accurate too very all right. true. Those are accurate
0: all right reggie question number two if you can meet one of your favorite hg tv show
2: hosts,
0: who would it be couple or individuals who would that be
2: it's gotta be chip and joanna come on Woo! there we go gotta be chip and joanna i concur hey
1: chip and joe if you're listening we can have you and reggie come back on it'll be fun
2: <laughs> yes <you> <laughs> i'd love love to to meet them on the zoom well i'll come down to waco
1: Wake up. There it is. Go
2: go Baylor Bears. Just won the NCAA championship. Go. Sure did.
1: Let's go. So, Reggie, question three is the curveball. If this keeps Mike and I engaged on our toes, having fun, um, if you could ask us any question today about anything, what would it be?
2: I would say my question would be for you guys what's one thing you guys do to intentionally love one another
1: better? First? Yeah, I'll answer on Micah's behalf. One of the things oh. that she does, she is the most intentional person I've ever met. So if I'm going to go speak at a weekend event and not for whatever reason, not be with her and our daughter, um, she'll write me a note and it'll be in my car and oh. it'll be coffee made or coffee picked up. And so, I mean, Micah knows what words I need. She knows mm. she knows that her prayers mm. have power with the Holy Spirit and over me in my life. And her words carry weight. And she often and you, you know, she always uses them to encourage me, mm-hmm. to strengthen me, to build me up and to carry me maybe when I'm down. And yeah. so I mean, man, she also helps us make sure that on our calendar there's a date night and we'll do something <laughs> fun. And so then what we like to do is every other She plans a week, I plan a week, plans a date. And then the next time I know, okay, it's my turn.
0: Right. Having the other person in mind of what they would probably want to do, whether it's rock climbing or whatever.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'll answer the same way you did. I think one thing that Josiah's really empowered me to do um, when we were dating, I asked him this question. I go, what is one thing that if I asked you to stop doing, it would like, it would like internally kill you and diminish like your dreams or whatever and he had answered wow. his and he's like well Micah, what about you and i was like if you ever stopped asking me to stop just stop creating stop mm. creating content through writing stop creating um a space where we can have a family stop painting restoring refurbishing um demoing whatever i'm like if you asked me to do that like creative outlet is like it should be a love language like if yes. i had a weekend to do whatever, my word, this house would be out of control. But that's what I responded with. He's really empowered me. He's like, Mikey, be as creative as you want. I'll take our daughter. You go, you have a couple hours, whatever you need. So he's really empowered me and encouraged me to stick with that. Even when I'm like, do we even have the finances to do that? I'm like, okay, $5.99 Hobby Lobby paint. Okay. What are we (laughs) going to (laughs) paint?
2: she sees the paint before she sees the project come yes, on I yes do. i sure oh, do true. i envision
0: like oh that door yep that's the color salmon pink <laughs> you got it mm-hmm. so i think he empowered me to be me in that sense of creativity and i don't know not be frustrated in the process if the house looks like a disaster for a couple of days or hours
1: <laughs> love it love it that's a good question. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. And back yeah. to you.
0: Yeah. Question number four. Reggie, what is your greatest fear in ministry?
1: Uh, okay, so
2: I think for me, my greatest fear would be building something, building the wrong thing. Wow. I think I think oftentimes in ministry, especially in young adult ministry, you can build a young adult ministry 15 different ways. So and true i'm I'm much more I, I I heard this said one time and i and I connected with it so well I think it was Darius Daniels who said he's much more designer architect of a leader than he is a builder. I can build I can put things together, but I'm much more of like a Give me the blueprint and I can map, right? We talked about the interior designer, Mike. Like, like, I can I can architect something. I can design something that will look great. We can have a meeting and I can draw, you know, everything that will happen on the board and I can map it. Like, that's Enneagram 7. I don't know you guys are Enneagram people. I'm Enneagram 7. So, like, I can digest a lot of, like, I can synthesize a lot of information very quickly, download it, digest it, regurgitate it, map it out, clean it out. And then I want to move on to something else. Like, if I got to, like, so, like, my... My fear is that I would build the wrong thing. That way we get three, four steps down here. And in the process of dreaming, in the process of doing, in the process of of pulling things apart and and rebuilding something, I'm like, oh, wait, this was supposed to look like that.
0: The wrong blueprint.
2: I got the wrong blueprint. Wow. And I think the beautiful thing of being where I'm at it's that they've handed me the blueprint and I keep it on my board. I have a, I have a board. I have a giant dry erase board in my office. If anybody comes to my office, it's the first thing they see is like everything on this board. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, I have a young, I have one of my interns, uh, Michaela, she rewrites everything. So it looks nice. Cause I've got chicken scratch handwriting. I couldn't look at that, but my, I keep that vision up on the board. Like that stays there because that's my blueprint. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've got to constantly look at the blueprint and say, okay, if what we're about to do doesn't hit one of those three things, we can't do it because it's going to pull us away from the blueprint. And all of a sudden, what we build is not going to look like what we planned. So that would be my greatest fear is that we build something that ends up being not what we designed to build in the first place. That's great.
1: Oh, my gosh. That, I think, is something that we should all reflect on Mm -hmm. and be aware of that. Maybe tendency, the natural tendencies that we have, as well as that propensity that we, you know, naturally, probably all of us drift from vision and drift from Jesus. So Mm -hmm. those intentional roadmaps or blueprints that can keep us on track, the checkpoints, the mile markers, the accountability and the teams. And that's amazing. And our five of five. The last question for you today, Reggie, um, is what legacy do you want to leave behind when it comes to young adults in this next generation in our world today?
2: I think, uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I okay. think it would be that we built a ministry um, that built people and not platforms, right? That we, we wow. decided, we took a, a stance and said, hey, we're going to take this time not to not to like, I think sometimes we build a platform on top of people instead of building a platform for people to step upon. Wow. And we're here to serve the vision of our leader and ultimately of Jesus, right? I'm here yeah. to serve Pastor Kevin and Pastor John who are my 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 lead pastor, my executive pastor. and um, I, I really want it to be said of me that our ministry that we built something that drew people, right that drew people in the deeper relationship with Jesus and each others like we that we built something that, that young adults would find their people and they would find their purpose, right? That they would find who they are in Christ and that they would find others that are like it, uh, like them in the same vein of life and the same uh, figuring this kind of like, you know, thing out, right? We're all in this kind of mitosis stage of like, what is this? Who are we? Like, we're all trying to figure this out, but yet here we are now and we built something and we had, I found my best, like, I've often said you're, you should find your, your best friends should be yep. in the church. Your the best friends, the people that you are closest to, should not be the people that are at work. Shouldn't maybe even be the people you grew up with in elementary school. Like your best friends should be those that are um, like you in every single way, right? Like I love that the scriptures said it that that um, in the Acts, the early Acts churches said that they they grew in, and they had everything in common. They had everything in common. As they began to do life together, they had everything in common and they were together, right? They were together and had everything in common. That's what I love that passage of scripture in acts. And so that's what I want our young adults to look like is that we are together and we have everything in common.
0: That's so good. What a great message to leave um, our listeners with what a great thought process or thought provoking questions that you've kind of tapped into that we were able to pick your brain on. And I would just encourage the listener, if you feel like maybe you're off course, maybe you have the wrong blueprint or floor plan in front of you, if we're going to talk the creative side of HGTV, I could talk about that all day, (laughs) but to recognize that, you know, if we, if we miss by an inch, we can miss by a mile. Mm. We don't want to be so off course, whether it's our heart, our soul, our mind, our ministry, our family, we want to completely be in cadence and in balance with God and with the Holy Spirit and have him be at the center of everything and recognizing why why do we do what we do? And to challenge like question, I love what Reggie had said, like if there's something in the ministry. Why was it put there to begin with? Is it a time waster or is it a pillar that which we will stand on? That is one of the foundational elements of who we are, what we do, why we do it. And Reggie, we are so grateful. and yeah. so thankful for you today. So thank you for thank joining you Josiah so and myself and anything else, Josiah? We just
1: She's appreciate a you a ton, man. This has been so <laughs> much fun.
2: Oh, dude! It's been such a blast to be with you guys. I love everything that you guys are doing. Uh, we're only like five hours apart, so I gotta get out there and connect with you guys and see all that you're doing in Minnesota for Minnesota young adults. And I'm like, how can we bring that to Wisconsin? Let's go. Um, how can we How can we do more and more? We talked about that Josiah before, off air, and like just would love uh, just connecting more and more with you guys. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yes, that is so fun. So thank you so much for joining us, Reggie, and our listeners. And you can find more about Reggie Hill and the journey young adults when you connect with us at the website at youngadults.today, as well as across all of our platforms at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Mike and Josiah signing off with Reggie Hill.
1: Thanks so much, guys.